0: Hello, hello. Yeah. Are you gonna like? Are you coming on the podcast or what? Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we gonna do. What are we gonna do? What do you mean? Hold on a second, now. What? You, what's this fucking cork stuff? I don't know. I don't know. At the end of the day, like at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? Listen, come on. Like we have to get a podcast on tonight, and we've got no guest. We I mean, do. What are we gonna do? We we've do. got no guest. Oh, what do you mean we've no guest? You are responsible for having the guest on this week. I know. This is your responsibility. You have I know. one job, Darren. I know. One job. I know. This is typical cork. Carconian kind of stuff like I know man I'm, i Do I try to ring Adrian O'Neill now and say look what's the story with this uh, When you're fellow mates no. L- listen when you stop busting my balls I tried really hard to get a
1: guest like but I just couldn't get a guest oh, Okay who did you really try with like I tried with who? everybody
0: Alright okay Alright so we need to spitball We need to come up with something fast because If we leave this any longer we're not going to have a podcast man
1: I know man true story
0: Right, okay. So let's think about who can we kind of tap into. So we had who do we have on recently? Um G- Gavin Harkasser, right? How about yeah, how about Gavin's buddy? Um what's his name? What's his name? Your best but you say you're best friends with him. <laughs> I am friends Adam with him. Adam Gibbs. Adam Gibbs, you say you keep telling me, Oh yeah, I'm talking to Adam all the time. He's my buddy, he's my best buddy, BFF forever. True story, you know, right? yeah, true story. Could you not get him on? I can't get him
1: on, man. He's away at the moment. He's out in the wilderness with Gavin. He's in some wooden cabin or something like that in the woods.
0: Even better, it'd be more authentic.
1: Yeah, but if I get him on, like, I mean, it's going to sound crap, you know what I mean? He's going to be like, it's going to sound like he's in a toilet. (laughs)
0: Well, you're just do you know what? I don't even believe you're friends with him. I think you're just making this up so you don't have to go get him on. Do you know what? I bet you're not even friends with him. I bet right, you don't well, even text him. Alright, I'll try it. Okay, hang on. Give me one second now,
1: okay? I'll try it just for you. And for the podcast, I'll see if I can get him on, okay? One second, one second.
0: Be- I bet you a tenner. I bet you a tenner. Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Guess what? I haven't I haven't haven't left. Guess what? What? You found
1: a tenor today. <laughs> yeah, I found a tenor. You owe me a tenner. Why do I owe you a tenor? I got him. He's coming on. He's in, he's in the cabin in the you woods. You did, yeah. Here he is? You did. Here he is? Don't you believe me? No. All right, okay. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. It's Season 2, Episode 11, and we are excited today. We've got a special guest, the International Landscape Photographer of the Year, Mr. Adam Gibbs.
0: I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back relax and listen to three guys talk about cameras, gear, settings, stories and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go.
1: And you're very welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. And like I said in the intro there, we're really excited today because we've got a very special guest, somebody who we've been trying to get on for a long period of time. He didn't know we were trying to get him on for a long period of time, Dermot, did he? Oh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so we're, we're really excited we got him on here today. But before we go talk to this amazing photographer, Dermot, quickly, don't go in too
0: long of a story, you know, but how are you, man? I'm doing really good, man. Very good week. A few bookings coming in the door and I'm getting myself ready for Norway. So, yeah, exciting times lie ahead, man.
1: Uh, Yeah, don't talk about the old stuff now on that. I'd be very upset again. I mean, I'm missing out on it. But anyhow, enough about you and enough about me. We're actually here to talk to somebody, like I said. (laughs) And without any further ado, I'd like to introduce our special guest. He is the International Landscape Photographer of the Year, Mr. Adam Gibbs. Adam, welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Uh,
2: Thank you very much for having me. And actually, it's
1: the International Landscape Photographer of the Year 2018. (laughs) Hi. Ah, what's a year? You might as well just hold on to it forever, you know?
2: I'm actually uh, helping judging the um, the winners for 2019. That's what I'm supposed oh, to be doing Oh, brilliant! Yes, now. I'm supposed to be doing that right now. <laughs> supposed to not. be. Oh, and you and you got Supposed <laughs> to. Hear.
1: And you jumped in and us instead. That was amazing. I <laughs> feel so privileged on that. <laughs> So, um, for our listeners, anyone who doesn't know who Adam Gibbs is, you know, number one, get out from underneath that rock that you've been living in. But, you know, moreover, Adam, you're originally from um, Watford. You're a well-accomplished photographer. You're now living in Canada. Can you tell us, I suppose, an introduction to who you are, but how did your love for photography start and how did you end up in such a stunning area and stunning wilderness of Canada?
2: Uh, well, I didn't really have a lot of choice at the time. Uh, I moved over to Canada for the third time in 1979 with my mum and dad. And I okay. uh, moved, moved over with my, my, t- my two brothers, I an older brother and a younger brother. My younger brother was born in Toronto, and then my older brother, he was born in Perth, Australia, and then I was born in, in the UK. Uh, there was no particular reason why we kept moving back. My mum and dad could never make up their mind. Uh, they, they really liked the lifestyle over here, but they missed all their friends, so they kept moving back and forth. And then finally in 79, we moved here and we stayed here. So that's how I ended up here. And I still have a bit of an English accent, but I, you know, I've been living in Canada now for 40, 40 years. So.
1: Wow. Oh. Ah, okay. And you suppose your, your love photography so started in Canada, or did it start when you were a young kid?
2: Uh, started in, uh, in in Canada. Uh, I was originally writing to uh, rock climbing, and okay. uh, so one of my first trips uh, in, the, in the United States was uh, to Yosemite National Park. And uh, of course, I that's when Ansel Adams was still around. So at the Ansel Adams Gallery, they had a bunch of his images there, and uh, I thought, wow, they're just incredible. So of course, I went out and bought a a roll of black and white film, thinking that I could uh, duplicate his uh, masterpieces, and I was really quite disappointed. <laughs> so that's, how I, that's how I started, and then eventually I got out of uh, rock climbing, and uh, I, so I was a high school dropout, and it was kind of like, well, what am I going to do now? So my girlfriend at the time suggested that I uh, uh, take up, go back to school, and, and take uh, photography as a profession. So that's okay. what I did. Okay. Mm, brilliant. Uh, originally I wanted to get into uh, studio photography, like, photographing products, and uh, I went and did a little sabbatical with uh, a studio and it lasted like two weeks. I said, oh, that's a hell with that. I'm not doing that. It's just <laughs> <this is> awful. <laughs> all, they, all they did was bitch and complain all day about how, how much money they weren't making. So I thought, wow, well, this isn't for me, you know. So, <laughs> so, that's yeah. amazing. And then, uh, so at that time, I didn't, actually I was, I was just writing about this the, the other day. Um, I, I didn't have any money, so what I did was I, I really enjoyed nature photography, so I just go out to the local uh, uh, the botanical garden just down the road from where I lived, and I just practiced there. And eventually I got quite a, a lot of images of plants and flowers, and so I just started sending them off to gardening magazines. And eventually, a garden magazine did pick me up, and I, I did that for twenty years, just photographing uh, wow. private gardens for for magazines. The nature photography was kind of a sideline. So I had my garden photography, which was my bread and butter, and then the nature photography was a, a sideline that I just did more of a, as a hobby. Than, yeah, yeah. Uh, as
0: a living, yeah. I think I think a lot of people actually have that. But if we go back to towards the start, now you said that, uh, you know, you started when you know, doing the gardens, and everything. So obviously you would have started with film. How has that helped you? And what is the main difference that you feel today with digital?
2: Well, film, the thing with film is what you see is what you get. So if you're shooting transparency film, which 99% of my images were, uh, you, you had to rely on your, your photographic skills, like working a camera, but also uh, light. Light was a huge issue. Because uh, if you didn't have good light, then you just had crappy images. It didn't, didn't really matter how good your compositions were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think film really helped in that regard. And, and actually, I got right into using large format cameras, uh, mm-hmm. 4x5. And because uh, that slows you way down because there's so many different steps you have to go through before you actually take an image. And uh, I think film helped considerably. Uh, digital. I mean, now you can you can get away with taking a pretty shitty image, and you can still and you can still make it look into something pretty good. You know? Yeah, uh, true story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great in some ways, but it's kind of taken the art of photography away in some in some respects, especially with the, the digital post processing. Uh, there's a lot of people that know absolutely nothing about photography or the skills behind actually behind photography. The more digital artists, you, know, yeah, uh, yeah. you just go out snap a picture and bring it into your computer and you do all kinds of stuff to it, and make it look good, you know? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not wrong or right, it's just how it's changed, I
1: think. Yeah, And I suppose with that in mind, you know, when you talk about people not knowing the technical aspects of it, you know, you've said in the past that don't fret the technical stuff. I suppose how has that helped your photography journey and how do you think it can help others if they take that advice?
2: Well, I think... I think I I, I do think that uh, I mean first of all I have time I have quite a lot of experience behind me so that's helped a lot I mean it doesn't matter what you are whether whether you're a plumber or electrician or whatever your skill set is I mean if you do it long enough eventually you're going to get quite proficient at it and mine just happens to be photography Uh, I I think a lot of the stuff that uh, a lot of it comes second nature to me now you know. I don't think about f stops and and shutter speeds, and I and I just I just compose my images and then just and just take the shots. Um, I I don't know. I, I my advice to people would be to uh, concentrate more on on the subject and the light rather than the technical aspects of things. I, there seems to be two mindsets out there. You get the the, the people that love the, the technical minutia, but they're they're not very good at taking an artistic image. They're great mm-hmm. at doing the technical stuff, but then you get other people that. All they care about is the artistic stuff, and they don't care about the, the technical stuff. So where their images fail is that they might not be the right f-stop or shutter speed, or you know. So I don't know. I think personally, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't fret over the technical stuff. I I just concentrate on on the subject matter if you want to get come away with something.
1: I think it's very good advice as well because if you are really concentrating and trying to get all the settings right and everything else you might just miss that moment and as you said you know light is a very important aspect of photography but also composition so if you are looking from the ideal photograph and all you're doing is looking at the back of the camera trying to make sure you're getting everything right you could actually miss that golden moment that would create that fantastic image yeah
2: i think yeah i think i mean i have seen people uh they they, they're just too concerned about Uh, where to focus and and what filters to use and and of course those things are important don't get me wrong but personally i would concentrate more on the the thing that you're photographing and the rather than all the the technical aspects that go behind taking the photograph yeah yeah, that's just my personal uh, feeling about it anyway
1: and i I suppose you know something that comes to mind when you mentioned that about Creating a beautiful image and being able to see that image in advance of taking that photo, something comes to mind is the conifer in Fairy Lake. You know, you've mentioned that's a specific subject that has produced phenomenal photos over and over and over again, but in different conditions and different light. Can you tell us a bit more about Fairy Lake and a bit more about the the conifer and how that again has been an integral part?
2: Well, co- well. The, yeah, the, the conifer in Ferry Lake has been uh, really good to me. Uh, I, mean, it's, I mean, to be honest with you, it's a, it's a very easy photograph to take <laughs> because it's, you know, it's got a, a tree growing out of a stump in the middle of a lake. I mean, it's, yes. There's no distractions. There's just this beautiful little tree. So anybody can show up there and take a shot at the tree and it'll look half decent. But the trick is, and this comes down to a lot of images, is do you have the time to wait? For when the light's gonna be good on that tree or conditions. And of course, living on the island and going to Port Renfrew quite often, because I teach workshops there, I'm always passing that blasted tree. So every time I pass the tree, you know, I'll take images of it. Or if I have a group, I'll take a group out there. So, I mean, you go out there enough times, eventually you're gonna get some good shots of that blasted old tree, you know. But what's really yeah. neat about that tree is that it's been there. Uh, I would talk to a guy. They used to run the, uh, the little campground right opposite, and uh, he said it's been there for at least 30 years, wow. growing out of the lake. yeah. And uh, the, the neat thing about it is it's not actually a lake, it's actually part of the, the San Juan River. It's tidal. So you might go there one in the morning and you'll only see half the tree, and then you go there in the afternoon and the tide's gone out, and all of a sudden you see the tree and the stump that's growing on. I mean, it's, wow. it's amazing that it's still there. but. There it is, you know. I mean, one day it's going to fall down. I mean, it's going to rot. It has to. You know.
1: Yes, <laughs> but, in, in in that such a body of water as well, and obviously with the ebb and flow of the tidal river as well, as putting pressure, I yeah, imagine, on the stub.
2: Yeah, well, you think so. I mean, it's, it's an old-growth stump, and, uh, I mean, it's a massive stump just sticking right out of the lake. So, uh, But how that tree survives, I, I don't know. I really don't know. It's pretty cool.
1: It's, it's beautiful. I've seen a number of your images of it, and... Every single one I went, wow, look at that. And the conditions, as you say, you know, they make it and you could go. It's interesting. I didn't know that it was tidal. So you could go in the morning and get one type of condition and one type of water level. And as you say, come back in two hours time and it's a completely different shot.
2: Yeah. I mean, actually, I was out there recently, uh, took a bunch of people out there and you could actually see the water level going down from image to image. So wow. I take one image and then I take another one, maybe 15 minutes later, and you can see that the water level was actually maybe three or four inches lower. It was amazing, yeah, pretty cool. Wow, wow. But sometimes the water level is so high you can't even see the tree. <laughs> that's that's
0: insane. I'm just looking here now. It's just heard, it's unreal. People reel.
2: email me. And they said, "Oh, the tree's gone." Well, yeah, it's gone because <laughs> it's underwater. <laughs> that's
0: I've I've never seen anything like this before in my life. It's just. I'm just looking at yeah. it. Out. It's just oh, the mood of it and everything. It's just this is insane how a, a tree can draw grow in a stump in the middle of a lake. It's just, yeah, that's crazy. Actually,
2: my friend, uh, my friend Jeremy, he he keeps telling me that he knows where there's another tree like that, but I he hasn't shown me yet. But, uh, ah, he's
0: lying. I, I, he's lying. I think he's he not a friend yeah and then
2: it, and it, yeah it's quite funny because he said oh, i don't know what the big deal is about a blasting little tree you know doesn't. But, but i noticed he went out there and took a bunch of pictures of it you know and I'm like oh yeah well it can't be that bad jeremy
0: <laughs> wow
2: yeah but no it is it is a really cool subject uh and it's it's quite popular now a lot of people go out there just to photograph a little tree and I mean uh, there was one guy out there one day, uh he'd flown all the way from or up all the way from Wyoming. Just wow. to photograph that, that little tree, you know. Crazy. I don't know how I'd go that far.
1: He went up and went, Oh my god, it's gone
2: <laughs> Actually I'm really I'm really surprised someone went down and cut it cut it down just to be spiteful, you know. <laughs> That's what people do these days is you know, take a picture of it and cut it down.
1: Yeah, so nobody else can get it. We we, we so, have a place we, we have a place, it's not a tree, but it's an old cottage. It's in a place called the Black Valley. Oh and it's probably gosh. the most photographed cottage in Ireland. Anybody that does any photography goes there and takes this photograph. And, you know, among the amount of people I've heard over the years kind of going, yeah, you know what, I'm in the, it's called Drumlusca. So it's, I'm in the Drumlusca Appreciation Society, and how we're going to celebrate it is to burn it down. <laughs> because nobody's going to be able to take
0: photographs, because there's been so <laughs> many
1: of them taken, you know.
0: That was actually Honestly. like the, um there used to be a subject matter here that is, it was very popular with photographers as well. It was called a Sunbeam and unfortunately I never got to photograph it because this big storm came in and there was this boat on the beach and a storm came in and literally took the the wreck of a boat away. And it was an absolutely beautiful composition. The scene is absolutely amazing but unfortunately I got into photography too late so I never got to photograph it so I'm a uh, bit of green envy. Inside me, because a few <laughs> of my friends actually have that photograph and me, not so much.
2: <laughs> How long have you guys been in photography? Me,
0: have been... I, have, I bought my first camera in t- September 2013. So, right. six years now, yeah. All right.
2: So that all? Really That's it. all. <laughs>
1: Jesus, <laughs> my God. I, I got my first camera for my 12th birthday. Oh, yeah? You're yeah. ancient. I didn't know actually. what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I figured out what I was doing. And I kind of got very disappointed yeah, when I brought my film what? in to be processed. <laughs> and I got everything <laughs> back. I was like, where are my pictures, man? What's going on? <laughs> it's all white. <right. laughs> everything well, uh, destroyed.
2: What kind of camera was it? What kind of camera oh, was I,
1: it? I haven't got a clue. I, I remember I got another one when I was a teenager. And it was a circular film that went around in it. So I have no idea what, who, who, who made it. I have no idea what it was. But mm. it was... It was 12 or 24 exposures in a circle, I think it was, and you popped it in. And then also, before that, I remember you had to have the disposable uh, flashes as well. So you'd buy a pack of disposable flashes and bang, they were gone too. So I've been taking photos a long time, not knowing what I was doing for even longer, but I only really really got into it properly, I suppose, in actually 2013 as well, same as you, Dermot, when I went off Mm. on my honeymoon thinking I knew what I was doing and hadn't got a clue. And I went to Borneo, and was taking photos of pygmy elephants and uh, orangutans and every single photograph was underexposed and blurred. Oh,
2: perhaps. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that was me. That was the turning point when I came back and went, all right, you know what, time for me to learn how to do it properly. I know now what I did wrong, but I hadn't got a clue what I did wrong
2: when I was there. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? <laughs> when you first start, and you think you've got these great images and you look at it and it's I- awful... An
0: and the worst thing about it, you think you're shit hot like when you're out there going, yeah, I know everything. Oh. <laughs> well, at, at, actually, yeah, I did. And,
1: but moreover, I, I didn't realize at the time, but I suffered from my first experience of gas. I presume you're familiar with gas, Adam, yeah? Oh,
2: yeah. I had it really bad. Yeah,
1: I, we we heard, yeah. Yourself and Dermot are kindred spirits because you both, like I always say Dermot is the king of gas, but there's been a few people now that have been trying to take that title. But How dare um, they? I had my first experience with gas when we were out on one of the boats and we were taking photos and, um, well, we were on the boat, I was trying, trying to take photos, and there was another guy in another boat who had his own boat just for him and his lens. And I looked over and went, my good God, look at this thing. This is just incredible. Uh, it turns out he was from National Geographic and he was there to take some photographs of some specific type of bird and he was there for two months. And that's what wow. he would do every single day to go out and take this but this this was just incredible i mean i think i don't know what it was probably a 600 mil prime or something like that but it was just ridiculous and i remember at the time thinking right why would you possibly need something like that look at me i mean i had, I had a canon rebel xti or whatever it was uh with a <laughs> with a kit lens on it you know, not i'm the kitty here i've got my dslr like, but yeah lens envy Oh absolutely, yeah. One hundred percent lens envy. And then like I said, when I came back and I was all excited to look at the pictures and I put it into the computer and I went, Uh oh, okay. I think I salvaged around five or six or something with the pygmy elephants, but the right, rest of no, were, were muck. Absolute muck. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's pretty heartbreaking. Well, you know, I think
0: it
2: happens to
0: everyone. It does, it does, it does. So Adam, backlight is something that features quite a lot in your style of photography and especially your woodland photography, I absolutely love it and it's something that I really feel I should do a bit more but can you tell us why and what should others look out for in those type of scenes? Oh God,
2: where should I start? (laughs)
0: In layman's (laughs) terms now, in layman's terms.
2: It's funny because I have people uh, contact me and they want to do like a one-to-one and they want to learn how I see in the woodland and, and to be honest with that, it's it's hard to articulate. You know, it's it's easier when you're out there actually doing it than trying to articulate to others what you're actually looking for. Uh, because a lot of the images that I do take in the woods don't turn out at all. Uh, probably more than people, most people know. Uh, but what, generally, uh, you know, it's all it's it is all about the light. And for woodland, especially around here Uh, because everything's all conifers. There aren't any trees with a lot of character or anything like that, except for maybe maybe old ones. Uh, So what I try to look for is just different situations where the trees are separated from one another. And one way to do that is by using backlight. And I use backlight a lot because it really does separate those trees. The hard part is trying to find uh, one tree or, or a couple that, that stand out from the rest of them, and then separating those those two or one tree from the background, that's the hard part, okay. because it's such a, a big mess, especially around here with these trees here. <clears throat> but I do find backlighting just adds a little bit of drama that yeah. you might not otherwise get with, say, flat lighting or... But it's this very specific type of lighting that I like. It's overcast, but it's, it has direct sunlight in there as well. So it's kind of a, a light overcast sky, so that's kind of what I like. And if, you have, if you're shooting into the sun, then I just find that uh, it just, I don't know, it just makes the, the trees pop. You know? Yeah.
0: Is there a special lens that you would use to, uh, that you kind of, go, your go-to lens for backlighting, or, or does it matter, will you use any lens you want?
2: Well, I, I use the same as everybody else. I use zoom lenses. Most people are using zoom lenses these days. But I'll be honest with you, the, uh, the, the prime lenses are probably work better when, with backlighting because you don't have as much glass in there. Yeah. And uh, with a lot of zoom lenses, especially the older ones, uh, there's a real problem with lens flare. Yeah. Or if you have uh, a cheaper lens, like the 24-120 the to 120 that I use a lot, uh, it's not exactly a great lens. And uh, I lens flare is, is a real problem for me with that lens. And would you it get could, chromatic could, aberration with that as well? A little bit, but it's not too bad. Okay. I mean, because most of the programs now, they all get rid of it, so it's, mm. it's a new point, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right.
2: But the lens flare can be a problem, and it's mostly because of the coatings on the lenses. I think it, it could be one or two things. Either that lens, uh, because I've been wiping it with my t-shirt for so many years that the coatings are starting to wear off, or it's just a one one of the two
1: of those is true for sure yeah yeah and you know adam i think i've i've said it to you i suppose on on messages you know in regards to your backlight images and i got inspired myself actually recently when i was out taking photos and all of a sudden i saw this and went this is an adam gibbs shot And I took it and, you know, um, I kind of said, okay. And I actually did it in the video as well that I got inspired by Adam Gibbs. So, you know, thanks for inspiring me in regards to it. Because when I did get the image on the back of the camera, I went, wow, Jesus, this is lovely. And I was delighted when I got it home. Thankfully, it worked out. Because if it didn't work out, I would have been pretty goosed. Because I think it's it's a, when you do nail it, it is beautiful to look at. It
2: is. It is. I think it's, it's funny because it, this, this relates to a, a situation I was in the other day. I Again, I, I took a couple of people out, and we were just driving along a, a, a dirt road, a logging road, and we came across these trees that were beautifully backlit with the moss hanging off them. And I kind of slammed on the brakes, and I got out, and I said, well, we should photograph this. And these two people were just standing, they go, well, what are we photographing? Well, I said, well, look at the trees. I said, well, what about them? And I said, well, just look at the light on them oh, and then so I, I more or less had to point them into what I was actually looking at. And it's funny because I, I just take it for granted. I mean, I just, I see something, I, I, I'll just zero in on one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think everybody can see that, you know. but obviously everybody can't see that. So. Yeah. Uh, and it ended up, you know, it was beautiful. It's just this it beautiful, all it was was just uh, limbs of trees with this moss hanging off them. So I try to zero in on smaller areas rather than the whole forest. Vast scenes, yeah. I, I just find that easier to do, yeah,
1: for sure. And actually, speaking of vast scenes, you've just got back from what looks like an incredible trip to Greenland. Now, you've got the first episode that's gone live on YouTube, but do you want to tell us a bit more about that trip and what can we expect to see? Because from the first episode, it looks incredible.
2: Uh, Greenland is an area that uh, I've wanted to go to for a very long time. And actually, it wasn't until I started up YouTube that opportunities have started to come my way. And I, uh, a fellow got in touch with me, Jonas Perel, who runs a, a photography expedition uh, company. He, he does uh, photo tours with Tom Thomas Higgins and. Yes. Uh, I think he's done with some with Andy, or he's going to do some with Andy Mumford and Nigel Danson. So what he's doing is basically teaming up with YouTubers, uh, you know, to obviously help sell these workshops that he's doing these, these sure. incredible places. And he asked if I wanted to go to Greenland, and of course I, you know, I, jumped on it. The only problem with the trip that we organised it was a little bit late, and we only had two people sign up. So we didn't make any money. We actually ended up having to pay for quite a bit of it. But you know, I, I didn't actually care because I thought, you know what, I, I really want to go. There. This is a great opportunity. Uh, Jonas had already organised everything, so I mean, all I had to do was just show up. And I mean, who wouldn't want to do that, right? So we, we ended up, and and actually, it wasn't. It's not as hard to get around Greenland as I thought it was going to be. Logistics aren't as bad as as what I always thought they were going to be. Right. Uh, But it it is, it's an absolutely incredible location. And I think in the future, we'll probably see a lot more people going there. Hopefully it won't end up like Iceland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, it it could very easily. The neat thing about uh, Greenland is very similar to Northern Canada. Uh, in a lot of ways, uh, Baffin Island is uh, very much so. The funny thing is that it's cheaper to go to Greenland than it is to, to go to Northern Canada, which is just which is ridiculous, but it's the way it works out. You know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, it's just pure wilderness, uh, massive cliffs. There's just so much to photograph there. You could get lost there for, for years, you really good, you know, if you like that sort of environment.
1: And i suppose on the first episode that you had adam we saw a lot of fjords and such like that um and you went off out in a boat and you were pretty much there for three days is it four days
2: yeah so the way it works is uh, because the only way to get around is obviously uh, it's either by boat or to fly and flying what i mean by flying is mostly helicopter Uh, unless people use helicopters as taxis so you you know, you have to hire somebody to take you around in a boat, which is a, very expensive. Because uh, the fjords, there's, there's no way there's no other way to get there. there's no roads or anything, so that's how you have to get there. And so what we, we just went down one fjord, which goes down for miles, and it has all these side valleys coming out of it. Some of them, you can hike down them for two or three days, and others are, are very short. So Jonas had picked out three, three valleys, one of them was going to involve a long hike, but we ended up not doing it, because he, he, he hurt his back. So we ended up just going to two of them. And the first one was a very short valley, so the hiking was minimal, but the cliffs mm-hmm. were just incredible. And then the second valley, uh, we had to hike in a little ways, so these just just massive cliffs, like we're talking thousand meters. Wow, minimum. wow. Yeah, just incredible. Uh, I mean, the hiking wasn't that bad. It was maybe a 10 kilometer, 12 kilometer day. So it's not not yeah, bad. Yeah. I and mean, the elevation is yeah. minimal. So we spent three days in one location and four in the next one. And uh, now, unfortunately, we didn't have great light. It was sunny every day. So we just had blue skies and it was just piss poor, piss poor light. So. Photography was a challenge, and you'll see that in, in my next videos. Uh, I didn't actually take that many images. Uh, that's fine, you know. I, I I had such a great time there. It's just beautiful
0: just to, just to be there and hike yeah.
2: Just to see oh, it alone was just amazing, oh,
1: i yeah, yeah. And you posted one mono image there. It Was it today, I think it was? Um, of a silhouette with the sun flare right coming at the top of the peak.
2: Yeah, oh, that's and just, that's a great... That's, a that's great, uh, Well, thanks, because that's... Uh, that's why photography is so great now because digital photography. If that was film days, it'd just that'd be a throwaway. But now I can, yeah, you know, turn into a black and white and dodge and burn and looks pretty good, dig- pretty good. You so know? you use your <laughs> digital artistic, uh,
0: di- our digital artistic ways to make a good image. So fair play to. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I didn't. I didn't really do anything uh, funny with it. I just decided to because it's just you know it's like on a on a yeah blue blue sky day yeah mock. sure right it's just, pure muck like, just yeah blue right. So the sun, the sun is. I didn't put that in. The sun and the beams, that was all there. It's just I decided to get rid of the color and, and just uh, yeah. concentrate on the beams. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I was pretty happy with it. And actually, it was pretty really neat. It was neat taking that photo because I didn't use a tripod or anything. I just kept running around and I, I just kept backing up or going forward. And as soon as the sun's on the edge of the of the cliff, just take another shot and then back up a little bit more and then take another shot. And, yeah, so I got all it, yeah, it's like a whole series, yeah, it's fun. I like
0: that kind of shooting sometimes. <laughs> mm, absolutely. So come here. Look, you've you've lots of incredible images taken over a, a vast amount of years. Like you say, you've been into photography for nearly forty years now. But like no, no, uh, tw-
2: twenty years. Twenty old. years. Sorry, sorry, I'm pushing <laughs> you on there a bit older than you really are. <laughs>
0: but do you have a personal favorite all-time image that is just so dear to your heart that you're like yeah, this is the one that I'm going to hang on my mantelpiece. This is the one that's always going to be here. It means so much to you. Do you have one of those images?
2: I have two or three images hanging in my house here that I, I really like and I, I don't know why I like them. They're not they're not in your face killer images. They're just woodland yeah. shots but I, for whatever reason I just really I love the light in them. So I have one one of them was, or two of them were taken with um, my old 4x5 Oh yeah. And then and then one of them, I hate to say it, I actually took it with a cannon. I can't believe I'm saying <laughs> this,
0: but it's okay,
1: we're 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 canon fanboys, Adam. It's okay. You're uh, in you're I in good a, company here.
2: I had a weak moment there and I did own a cannon for a while there. But weak <laughs> moment, yeah. huh? <laughs> but uh yeah, they're all uh, woodland shots. I think I'm like a lot of people, you know, your best shots seem to be the ones that you've just taken and then you a lot of the other ones you kind of Forget about over the years, but those, for whatever reason, those three stand out to me. Probably because mm. I have them hanging in my, my house. You know.
0: And you know the funny thing about it? Like, you'll you get that image, and you're going, I want to go back and I want to replicate that and make it better again, but you never do.
2: No, no, it never, it, it never happens. Part, yeah. Well, hardly ever. One of the images, I, I have gone back to try and take the photograph again, but the tree's not even there anymore. It's all fallen down, you know, so that's long gone. The other images, uh, its just all about the
0: lighting. You know, it, it's hard to replicate the lighting. It's, it's never the same, is it? No, no, it never—it never is. Like it's—it's it's a tough—it's tough sell. Like there is one image that I have of a, a local beach uh, about an hour away from me, and it was when I first got into photography back in twenty thirteen, and it was a, a sunset. I had no idea what I was doing. I was using a, a Fuji Fulham Bridge camera, and <laughs> the image itself is fabulous to me i mean like the, the the way the sun is setting the colors that were there and it was a jpeg image so it was just i got epoxy shot right epoxy shot and it's still lovely today i think but i've went back and i've tried to replicate that image and even the composition and i can't i cannot i cannot beat it i genuinely can't and it's still it's, cra- it's crap but it's brilliant to me you know yeah
2: yeah i think uh Someone, I remember the woman that I used to work for at the Garden Magazine, because I, I asked her once, I said, well, why do you keep hiring, like, because I didn't actually work at the magazine, but they, they contracted me every year, and I said, well, why do you keep, you know, using my photography, because, you know, there's other people there yep. that are just as good as mine, and she said, well, because you're consistent, like, we, we can... From year right, to yeah. year, you, you consi- you're consistent because you know how to get the shots. And that, I think that's the difference between, you know, when you're just first starting out and, and between when you know what you're doing is that you come up, now and then you'll take a great shot, but you don't know why or how you took it. <laughs> and then, you know, eventually you know you've made it when you get come to that point when you know how to take that image. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah, saying absolutely. you can't you yeah. take it now, but... Uh, I think that's the, the turning point for a lot of people is when they can actually replicate a situation because all of a sudden they, they've got the skill set to, to, yeah, I to agree. repeat over and over again. But, the, um, but, but but when it comes to light, no, you can't replicate it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree, I agree. Now, you are allegedly, currently, the International Landscape Photography of the Year, according to Gavin Harcastle, allegedly, allegedly. You uh, so first, uh, <laughs> so firstly, well deserved, okay. And secondly, how did this happen? Like, what, how get your mind get it? Let, let us into your mind and how? What was your approach to the whole thing? And talk us through maybe some one or two of your images.
2: I think with with con- I mean contests are so are uh, so subjective. Every time you enter a contest, you know, and you don't win anything, your first response as well, you look at the winners, you go, Oh, they didn't deserve to win, you know. Well my images are just as good as theirs, you know. Uh, how can they pick those images? I think I think the thing is though is is because I've entered a lot of contests and I've done quite well in the past. And I, I go through phases I'll I'll enter one or two now and then and then I won't enter any for a while and then I'll enter again. But I only enter when I think I've actually got a chance to actually win something. And the way I do that is, is, you look at your photographs and you look at the past winners and then think to yourself, okay, do I have anything here that's as good as the past winners? And it, you know, sometimes it might be yes. And then you think to yourself, okay, is my work, and you've got to be really honest with yourself, is my work different to the past winners? Because yeah. there's, there's no point in going out and copying someone that's won in the past their same image because they're not going to pick the same thing twice.
0: No, you need to bump so, the trend.
2: Yeah, and uh, for this particular year, because I, I did enter the year before, and I came second. Ooh. So I, I came really close, and then I, I entered again because I, I, I thought I had images that I thought, yeah, I think I've got a really good chance of, of winning something here. And I entered again, and sure enough, I, I won again. But like i said it doesn't happen that often and again it's it's because of youtube because because of these blasted videos that i have to keep putting out every week i have to keep going out and taking photographs so i of course you have more images to uh to choose Select from, from. Right? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so could you do you know
0: the way you have a first place in your second place would you not give the second place one to uh gavin and he could well, feel a he better even, about himself he
2: didn't even enter so you know i mean uh, hang, hang on,
1: what do you mean give it to him? This is the one that Gavin actually stole. He stole this image. <laughs> did he steal Adam it or did and, he earn it? And he put a sticker over the front of it with his own name and everything on it. So the mindset, you can't give something to somebody if they've got a firm <laughs> belief that they deserve it in the first place, can you? Well,
2: well, I mean, in, in Gavin's defence, I mean, he did win it fair and square because, you know, uh, he did. I remember i can't remember why why i mean we've done so many videos of that blasted trophy I'm trying, I'm trying to remember how he won it uh how did he win it oh it's because he because he gave me water at brady's beach i think that was it was yeah it? Uh, yeah that's i think right. so yeah because he you, wanted you my had tro- no water that's right. Yeah. that's right he wanted my trophy in exchange for water so you know, I mean, I guess
0: he did win it in that respect. but... <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny. I I I will always remember the moment where you have Paul Thompson driving the van, and then he, uh, Paul Thompson turns around to him and he's like, "That's bang out of order. That's bang out of order." <laughs> oh man, I, it was very good. And then he's like, "Yeah, what is this? Your stalkers? He's coming with you? We're seeing other friends?"
2: We have a few things uh, planned with Paul. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I look
2: forward to a oh, reunion. Really yeah, that. That'll be good. That'll be good. Well, it's quite funny because lately, uh, you know, Gavin and I haven't been doing very much together because he's been doing his. um he's been oh, he snaked
0: this. off with uh, Michael Shane Bloom, didn't he?
2: Yeah, and uh, and I've been away with my friends, so we haven't seen much of each other. And it's funny because all of a sudden people think that we have this rift between the two of us, you know. <laughs> well what you know, what happened, you know? So we've been trying to try to play on that and until so, well, you know, Gavin's really pissed me off this time, you know, and just I don't know,
0: it's just goofy, you know, but it's fun. <laughs> all right, so look we're gonna have a quick break, guys, and we'll be right back with more stuff. Hang around and we'll talk to you soon. Are you sick of double A batteries? An ongoing cost? Constantly having to change them while the Modus 360RT and 600RT speedlights are the ones for you. Available for Canon, Nikon, Sony and Fujifilm. It's got an extreme lithium-ion battery with a 1.5 second recycle time. That's four times faster than AA batteries. 600 shots at full power, 1000 and a half. Available now at Hanel.ie. And you're very welcome back to the Irish Photography Podcast. And yes, Adam Gibbs is still here with us. Darren hasn't scared him off yet. So <laughs> straight away, we'll jump back into it, Adam. Um, tell me, right? So Vancouver Island looks like a utopia for photography. But is it really, though? Uh,
2: it is in some respects, and in others, it's not. I think uh, there's lots of photographs here. But actually, Gavin and I were talking about this uh, the other day. Uh, We're kind of running out of places to go. Uh, We keep going to the same locations. There are a lot of areas in the interior, uh, but they're extremely difficult to get to. Because the the central part of Vancouver Island is all mountains, and they're just covered in trees and brush. And so getting up those mountains is just, uh, just horrible. A lot of the areas in the north part and on the west coast are, are actually quite hard to get to. Uh, it's all rugged coastline. Yeah. Most most people on the island live on the on the east coast, and that's where I am right now. It's not in your face. It's not like uh, going to say Yosemite or uh, some of those epic areas. Uh, a lot of it's more subdued. But I that's that's kind of the photography that I like. So. I don't know. I, I think it, there, there are more and more followers coming here, though. I must admit, which is probably a result of all these blasted videos we keep putting out. YouTube, you know?
0: yeah, yeah. I was just I was yeah. just about to say. It. I t- I don't think it like the, photo- the the photography does look amazing, but. You, the, yourself and gavin seem to be kind of national treasures at this stage that people kind of want to reach <laughs> out to you and hang out with you and collaborate with you so i i think that people are going to be drawn to your area now they're going to want to be hooking up with you you know you're kind of the cool yeah. dude you're in vogue at the moment you know
2: yeah i mean i it's quite funny because i haven't known gavin actually that long uh, we've only barely a year. Photography is kind of a funny business. Uh, in the past you were pretty much competing against one another for gigs and selling your rights to your images and so on. But now things have changed so much with digital media and social media. I'm not really actually a photographer anymore. I'm more of a YouTuber who happens to talk about photography. Yeah. And the, 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 the neat thing about doing things like YouTube is that it actually more beneficial to you to actually collaborate with other people rather than competing with them. So right from the get-go, when I first, uh, because Gavin's been on the island for quite a few years now, and I just kind of moved here more permanently in the last couple of years. So I've known about Gavin for quite a few years, but I never really hooked up with him. And it was kind of like, well, do I compete with this guy or do we try and get together and, and do stuff together? And, you know, Gavin's a... I mean, he loves doing these skits, so, uh, you know, I'm know i at the age now where I don't really care what people think of me, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to do these skits too, because it's so much fun, you know, and I think people, the the funny thing is with YouTube is that people think we're like that all the time, like Gavin and I are just walking around goofing around all the time, when it's not, in reality, it's not that, but people want to hang out with us, because they think that's what we're doing all the time, so, uh it's kind of a strange thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you know what? That's that's interesting you say it because people would look at that and they'd think, "Crikey, Almighty, these guys are full on all the time. They're constantly taking the piss out of each other. They're constantly having a laugh. But, you know, as you mentioned a second ago, your photography has evolved to more of a presenter point of view because you're taking people on the journey you're taking them in a video aspect of it but one of the things that i would say adam about your youtube channel and i hope you can take this compliment quite well because it is a very good compliment hopefully you'll take it as value coming from me oh god here we um, go you it up. I'm, I'm holding <laughs> yeah. on. I'm bu- yeah, I know, yeah, it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, y- your videos are brilliant. And I mean, look, I don't think I've missed one since I first started watching you over a year ago or there or thereabouts. And something that strikes me about it is your cinematography, your intro scenes, the music that you pick, the footage that you create and the whole style of your video from the cinematic aspect of it. I think is phenomenal, and I'm already seeing stuff in my own making of videos that I go, "Geez, I must have been inspired by this. Without me knowing it, it's already making me think differently in how I create my own videos. So, you know, from the the intro scenes and the music and the footage just spot on. I think it's phenomenal work, so well done on that. But how have you evolved that style? Because you come from making fantastic photos so how did you learn how to create such cinematic epic scene
2: well first thanks for that uh i I think the great thing about youtube uh and all of you know people like yourself and other photographers getting into youtube um i think it's great for everybody because we just inspire each other to try different things and improve on different things when it comes to videography i don't see myself as a a great videographer at all. I, the, the, the main reason why I use a lot of slow transitions and slow music in that is because it's just easier for me to edit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, I I like that kind of music anyway, and, and I do like uh, the more contemplative type of approach, like the, I don't know, I, I just really enjoy, because the music I, I quite enjoy, and then those slow scenes when, when I'm backing up with the drone, or, uh, all of a sudden, you, you brought out into this beautiful uh, landscape, or, or whatever. I, I just really enjoy that, so that's that's why I keep doing my videos in that style. Whereas, you know, say someone like Gavin, I mean, he he just really enjoys doing the skit stuff. Uh, that's that's the part that he really enjoys editing. So I think I think for for most people, you know, if you stick with what you. What you enjoy doing, I think that will translate into what you're seeing as a, you know, as a, a really finely crafted mm-hmm. uh, video. Mm-hmm. Video. Mm-hmm. It's funny because my, my my younger brother—that's what he does for a living. He does uh, video production, but unfortunately, he lives in Halifax, so he's no good to me because he, you know, it, it can't give me any pointers. Uh, yeah, but so if th- I if I asked him what he thought of my editing skills, he'd just laugh. He'd say, "Well, you know." You've it's just very basic stuff it doesn't really matter as long as it gets the message across it doesn't matter how good you are with your editing or even your camera skills as long as you get some kind of story or, or message across yeah. i think that's the main thing it works so, for you but anyway eh? thanks thanks for that. well yeah it works for me and uh, people seem to enjoy it so i just keep doing that you know but i think eventually i, I will have to change things around just a little bit because otherwise it gets a bit samey you know like you do doing yeah. the same thing over and over again
0: yeah i get stagnant
2: Yeah, and and, uh, so slowly I start to learn other things from other people. Um, I try to stay away from the gimmicky things that don't really add to the, you know, because there's so many different things you can do in video now. A lot of them are kind of gimmicky, kind of like, well, like photography, right? There's all these gimmicky things that you can do, but it doesn't really, I don't know, they're they're just kind of gimmicks, they're they're not really through photography or what I see as, as a photographic skill, which
0: just a gimmick, you know. We uh, we've been talking about Gavin quite a bit and this is the interview with Adam Gibbs, so <laughs> what we want to know is like how does it feel to be almost known as Uncle Grumpy rather than Adam? I don't
2: mind.
0: <laughs> uh, how did how did Uncle Grumpy come about? who, who is Uncle Grumpy? Well I-
2: it's just some some uh, catchphrase that Gavin made up because um, so we went on a we were we did a couple of videos where we were in the Canadian Rockies with uh, Tom Tom Heaton and Nick Page. Yes. And there's an area in the Rockies called Abraham Lake, and if you Google Abraham Lake, uh, the bubbles are Abraham Lake, there's in the winter. When the lake freezes, all these methane bubbles yeah, cool. they pop up, and they, they freeze underneath. Because the lake is actually a man-made lake, it's it's okay. uh, it's that's... it's dammed, so there's a lot of vegetation in there, and of course all these bubbles are formed by that rotting vegetation. And everybody goes there to photograph the bubbles, and I, I mean, they're fantastic, but you know, we go there, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, I, I mean, that's... Trying to come away with something different. I just thinking bubbles in the mountains I mean, so I wandered off, and uh, and I, I took my own images, and it was quite funny because every day Gavin and the guys would be talking and, and they'd be like, oh you know it it's just such great epic conditions blah 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 and they go, what did you think Adam? And I'm like, yeah it's all right, you know, it was, <laughs> and every day it was the same thing and they're like, well what did you think Adam? they are like, yeah it's all right. So then, Gavin started calling me Grumpy, Uncle Grumpy, and of course, then he started using it in his videos, and it just kind of stuck. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I've been playing with it. I mean, I my partner Karen, she uh, she just knitted a whole bunch of hats. So she's knitted fifteen hats. Wow. With with Grumpy on them. I don't know if you see that. <laughs> and uh, oh, and this one's for Nick. He wanted a special one, and if you can see that, Team Grumpy, Team Grumpy. <laughs> I love it, so, uh, so but what, what we did is uh, I, I wanted to uh, do something with it, and Terence suggested, well why don't I knit a bunch of hats, and we'll have like an auction, and we'll raise some money for, there's a, a group out here called the Ancient Forest Alliance, we're trying to save old growth from the West Coast. Brilliant. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, I've made an announcement. And, yeah, I think um, if everybody pays up like this, like the amounts that they say they're going to, we'll, we'll end up making about 2500 bucks. Wow, so, Yeah, for the Ancient Forest Alliance. So it's great, you know. But uh, that's why YouTube's so great, because you can do things like that, and, and people jump right on board, and they're right into yeah. it, you know. You, you have a
0: platform, and you're using it so wisely, like uh, donating money towards this alliance. is just... Like, it's fantastic because if you didn't have that platform to use it, then this donation wouldn't be going to the alliance.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, Ga- I mean, Karen, uh, you know, I mean, she's not getting anything. Else. She just enjoyed making them, and you know, just be sitting there every evening, just knitting these <laughs> bloody hats, you know. But, yes. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know. And, fair play, uh, to your
0: Karen. Fair play.
2: And people, people kind of, I don't know, by buying one of these, and they kind of feel like they're part of the the you know, the, the Gavin, the Photo Tripper, Uncle Grumpy, Team, I don't know, it's just, you know, it's more of a community, so that's the part I, I quite enjoy, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I, th- I think it's actually fantastic, and I think it's, as Dermot said, you know, you've got a platform, you're using it to create something good, and as you say, you know, if people want to feel part of the whole, the F4s, uh, or yourself and Gavin in regards to the... Fun that you have, then albeit even better. And moreover, people that will get these will probably wear them, will probably have them on YouTube. People then, all of a sudden, <laughs> it'll, be the, it'll be the world's grumpy uh, association or whatever it will be. Everybody wearing grumpy hats, you know. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, I got grumpy t shirts, grumpy stickers, self <laughs> so grumpy thing. But I gotta think of a good one for Gavin in a large castle.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're gonna to have to make sure you get something for him, you know.
2: Yeah, he's a hard one, because, you know, well, he likes his flip-flops, so if we'll do something like that, maybe, you know, he's always wearing
1: flip-flops, so that's all he yes. His flip-flops. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 when we had him on, we discussed that with him as well, and he, you know what, he did sell the idea for wearing flip-flops that you don't have to deal with ticks. but, I mean, there's many other reasons why I think <laughs> I wouldn't wear flip-flops, you know? Mm
2: well you know everybody's got their weird their weird little things you know I guess
1: that's just This, This, this is this is true and actually coming back to Gavin I suppose and something that most of our listeners would probably know you from is the skits that you and Gavin would create now Gavin has said that they're not scripted um, and I know they're not scripted because they'll, they'll be created as you go along, right? But how the hell do you keep a straight face? To actually, that, I know there's going to be probably ten takes to get one thing, but even to get that one, how do you keep that straight face? I don't know.
2: It's quite funny how we come up with them. We're just, I don't know, one of us will come up with an idea, and then... And then we'll just, I'll, uh, half the time I just ad it, so then I make him laugh because I'll, I'll bring in something that we weren't even supposed to say, so, you know, I'll, I'll say some ridiculous thing or, or do some ridiculous thing and that just, he just bursts out laughing. Like, he, he's the one that ends up laughing. Everybody else can keep a straight face, but he can't. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them, you know, some of the first skits uh, were quite funny because they they actually made me cringe a bit, you know, some of the... the uh, the toilet jokes are like, oh, really? You really want to say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and and do, you ha- do you have a favorite of all the skits that you've
2: done? Oh, uh, definitely the one with uh, with Roy and uh, his mum that was hilarious. And uh, Roy's trying to get us to come up to his bathroom, his rubber gloves on, and because Roy, because we had to do that about five or six times because Roy. He had all these lines in his head, and he just kept saying the same thing as Gavin was saying to him. I right now we we need to shorten this because you know this is just a a small, But he just kept saying the same lines. it It's so <laughs> funny. But he had his whole script in his head, and it was just so funny to watch. Because you know my mum was in one, yes, and then uh, and then Gavin's mum and uh, his stepdad, his stepdad. I and mean, when you get other people involved, it's just so funny to watch them. You know. It you is. right into
1: it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, like speaking of skits, and we mentioned it earlier on, and it's something that I think we need to put the record straight on in regards to one skit that... Paul did say was bang out of order is when Gavin stole your award, right? And we, you know, we kind of discussed that with him on the podcast as well. But, you know, look, myself and Dearmuid were thinking here and we said, you know what? We have to come up with something that even Gavin wouldn't dream of even thinking he could win something of this stature and it's something he'd never have Magnitude. magnitude yeah and he'd never have you know the skill sets to have it so he can never steal something so what we've done adam is that we've created an award and it's an award that we'll gladly present to you right and it's something i think that he'll never ever 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 be able to proclaim that he's good at so i think you know without any further ado i'd like to make sure you know gavin that we're very clear, uh, G- Gavin, that we're very clear that this award, you'll never be able to have it, because it's Adams, okay, and it's the Irish Photography Podcast, Best Wingman Award 2019. Oh, so, thank you very much. Thank congratulations, you. You. there's a round of applause <laughs> there for
2: you on that one. Well, I'd like to fi- thank my mother, my cat, and uh... <laughs> maybe one day Gavin will win an award, but, you know, the best man always wins, and, you know, <laughs> You know, he just needs to try a little bit harder. <laughs> but one day, one day, he'll have the experience and the fortitude that I have. So you keep working at it. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I think... He, there, he there's hope for you yet, Gavin. Hope yeah, for you, buddy. Yeah. I'm rooting for him. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> I'm w- sure you are. <laughs> we'll have to see now, you see. If he, if he decides to come up and do start to sort of nice things for you out of the unexpected in the next series when you're going out photographing together, you, don't forget, he's trying to take that... Irish Photography Podcast, Best Wingman Award. From underneath you by doing nice things <laughs> on the slide that you wouldn't have expected
0: to try and be the best wingman. Well, maybe Tom or Nick will get it, I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll have to speaking see. Of, oh, speaking <laughs> of the, the, the two lads now, like, so, uh, like, as a group, as an overall, like, you've had so many amazing trips uh, so far, and uh, you've had lots and lots of laughs, which trip sticks to your memory as the most uh the best memory and and why
2: well we haven't actually done that many we've just done the rockies and then uh tom and nick were in Mull uh just for a couple of days right. so the rockies was definitely a lot of fun and uh i guess you guys already know that we have another trip planned uh for january
0: now everyone has been waiting and listening to all these stories over the last couple of months. So Nick came on first and talked about something that happened to some Now, I know that you weren't, uh, were you in the car or were you outside the car? Were, well, were you us your,
2: I, uh, I listened to uh, Gavin's uh, version, and that wasn't true at all. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> all right, I, okay. Well, first of all, I wasn't in the car with Gavin. Tom was. They uh-huh. were the right. of us. And I was in the truck with Nick. Okay. And in Lake Louise, there's a four way stop. Right. And it was a little bit icy, and there's a little bit of a hill. And so we were right, you know, we are about, I don't know, 10 feet away from Gavin's car. And he stopped on the corner and he just sat there. There was no other cars, he just <laughs> sat there. And then Nick slammed on his brakes. And he just kept sliding and sliding and he jammed his hand on the horn to get gavin to move forward but he didn't move he just sat there like a granny just like that <laughs> so then next minute nick just went <laughs> whacked into the back of him
0: oh my god now no, you see the plot thickens even further here doesn't it like? yeah
2: he's just sitting there i don't know what he was doing so adam
0: there. would you say it was i don't know maybe
2: gavin's fault well, I don't know if I go that far, but Nick did. You know, he really tried hard to, to avoid him. But you know, he's driving yeah. a big, massive truck, and Gavin's driving this fancy, fancy BMW fancy car. And, yeah. uh Yeah. He couldn't. Uh, he just slammed on the brakes and didn't stop. He just kept going. But he shouldn't have slammed okay. on the brakes. So it probably would have. Probably would have was Nick's fault. Yeah. He should, if he hit ice, you don't need. You don't want to slam on the brakes.
0: Do you know what? There's one more person that was in these vehicles, and maybe we'll have to talk to that guy at some some certain stage.
2: Who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Tom will confirm that uh, he was sitting next to Gavin when the, the incident happened. We'll ah. have to put it to Tom,
0: so and see if we can get the truth out of him. And then myself and Darren <laughs> might be the judge of the whole situation. We'll have enough evidence, and uh, we 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 could make, maybe make the judgment call after that. What do you think, Darren?
1: I think that's a great idea, and I'm looking forward now to okay. finding out, you know, the, the fourth element, I think the fourth dimension, really, of actually this amazing made the4s Of the F4s. The fourth F4 dimension of the F4s <laughs> crash, yeah. In the four, they were both four-wheel drive trucks, weren't they?
0: Correct. Uh, no, BMWs. Uh, BMWs four-wheel yeah, drive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, four-wheel drive, and then, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Nick's mm.
0: car and his truck is four-wheel drive, too, yeah. Ah, yeah, so mm. all, we'll the see. Fours, all the fours. Okay. We'll see, we'll see. The plot tickens.
2: Mind you, he might not be. He might not have been in four wheel
1: drive, so that might be different. Ah ha! Ah ha! We'll have to find out now. We we'll we'll actually get back on now. We'll ask Nick there was he in four wheel drive, so we can get all the evidence <laughs> presented in front of us for make us that, that that judgment call. But we will ask Tom about that when we get Tom onto the uh, to the podcast for the fourth dimension of the F4s four wheel drive off roading. <laughs> four wheel <drive. laughs> And on that bomb show, we're going to take our last break, and we'll be right back for more with Adam Gibbs. Do you want to take your photography up a level? Do you want to hit that shutter from 100 feet away? Or perhaps you'd like to take your images remotely? With a built-in motion, light and sound sensor, you can capture unique shots and incredible time lapses. The Capture Pro from Hanel has got all that covered and more. Visit hanel.ae And you're very welcome back to the final part of today's episode. And, you know, Adam, it's been great fun so far uh, talking to you about the the past, the present. What about the future? What's next for Adam Gibbs?
2: Well, this uh, this past year has been incredible in terms of uh, uh, travel for me. Uh, I mean, I've done a little bit of travel in the past, but this year, I I, I mean, I went to China in February. And then Scotland uh, and the Faroe Islands. Uh, Iceland, Greenland, so it's just been just incredible, and it, it seems that uh, this coming year is just going to be a repeat of of that. Perhaps uh, another one or two trips thrown in to the mix. So it just yeah, it's a, it's it's a little hard to um, uh, keep a keep a handle on it because I to be honest with you, I'm not a huge traveler. I actually quite like. Staying in this neck of the woods, you know. Yeah, I like I like British Columbia and I like the island. Uh, don't get me wrong; I mean, I, I I've enjoyed the travel. Uh, the part I don't like is the flying uh, and going through security and all that. It's just just awful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But uh, I'll probably do more of the same. Uh, I'm just kind of letting letting everything ride. Uh, this again, this YouTube has really opened up a lot of opportunities that. Uh, i never even imagined or, or even thought of and of course as time goes on those opportunities just get more and more mm-hmm. so you, it's getting to the point where you have to kind of pick and choose which ones you want to go with and, and who you want to go with and uh, but it's all really exciting you know uh, absolutely because uh, i've i've never really um, you know social media is is kind of a strange thing to me i'm, I'm at an age group where I I still find it just a little odd, the whole social media thing. I still don't get it, but Mm -hmm. I go with it anyway. I think a lot of younger people get it more than I do, but (laughs) I just go with it
1: anyway. Yeah, I I remember something like that when I was younger. I was able to use a remote control and program the VCR, and my father couldn't use it. Now, In this day and age, it's something similar in regards to social media. I said to my father, he's like, I think I'm on the Facebook. I said, are you on the Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I am on the Facebook. I said, okay, right, Joe, what are you called? I don't know. I said, did you put in your name? I don't know. I said, okay, right, let's go figure that one out.
2: <laughs> but uh, but that's, that's what I have, and of course, I'm working on a number of smaller projects, like this this book that I'm working on with uh, Cozy Books. That, that should be out hopefully uh, before Christmas. Brilliant. And uh, we have we have it all laid out. It's going to be quite fancy, cloth bound, uh, foil lettering. Uh, the whole bit. We're going all out on this thing. Wow. It's more of a, a portfolio than a uh, a book about. There's not going to be a lot of writing in there. It's just mostly a selection of images uh, from over the years. You know. Unfortunately, you know, there's only so much room. So there's there's tons of images you want to put in there, but you just can't put them all in. So. If this one works out, then maybe we'll, we'll put another one together afterwards to see how it goes. But it seems to be doing quite well, like it's pre-sale, and I think they've they've sold two thirds of them already, so.
0: Brilliant. 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 And come here, so if I was to buy one, am I gonna to have to pay a thousand euros shipping fee like some other uh, Canadian <laughs> products? Just out of curiosity. <laughs>
2: uh, no, cause it'd be coming from the UK, so. Okay. Shipping, shipping <laughs> is jumping too much. <laughs>
0: Okay, that's
1: fine. Are you going to throw in some of the special UK cleaning cloths that have been devised as well the new sheep
0: wool cleaning cloths? <laughs> which shit on it. <laughs> yes,
1: which shit on it makes it even more authentic, yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, I I don't I'm not buying that. I don't I don't think that's going to work cuz it doesn't Wool have uh, lanolin in it, in it, So when you get lanolin all over your lens,
1: and you probably get scratches as well, no doubt too, I would say. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I don't think it's a good I don't think it's a good purchase. I don't think it's a good deal at all. I
1: I, Ooh, I I think they're better hand warmers, but d- I definitely wouldn't pay the one thousand dollar shipping fee. I mean, that we said to Gavin it was outrageous, but you know he could find a new distribution channel coming from the west coast of Ireland. And We would gladly, you know, make sure we get nice sheep wool there, but probably around 500 dollars yeah, yeah, shipping yeah, yeah. instead of a thousand. I think would be
2: <laughs> Well, shipping from Canada is ridiculous. I don't know why it's so expensive here, but it is just outrageous. I mean, a lot of the times you'll you'll uh, go to send something to somebody and uh, shipping cost more than what the, the, you know, the item is worth, you know, wow. so it's just, not, well, it's just not worth it. It's bizarre. Wow. I don't know so
1: why. That, that book is going to be out in time for Christmas, yeah?
2: I hope so, yes. Uh, I think that's what we're hoping for. Unfortunately, they, they also have a slip edition, uh, but the slip-cases I just learned uh, a couple of days ago, they take three or four weeks to actually make. So the, the last call on those is actually today, which will be too late at the time this comes out. Okay, um, yes. <coughs> cases are, I didn't realize they were so involved. <laughs> so, uh,
0: and where can we find, where can we purchase these books, Adam?
2: Uh, kozubooks.com, so it's K-O-Z-U books.com. And uh, K-O- the, the, the fellow uh, that that designs them, uh, he just does photo books. So okay. Um, there's lots of other artists on there actually that have some really beautiful work. So yeah, it's quite a privilege. I, I've always wanted to put a, a book together and this was a great opportunity. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Well, mm-hmm.
1: I, I, after yeah. we finish finished recording this, I'm gonna jump online and I'm going to order one of the books. So okay. I'm gonna make sure that I can be involved, I suppose, in seeing the quality of the images. And I think it's fantastic that you've actually managed to get the book out. And I'd be delighted to have a first print of an Adam Gibbs portfolio book. Right.
2: Thanks. Yep. Then you can review
1: it and critique it. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And, and actually it, it was, there was a question I was going to ask and you alluded to it there, which is what's next for you, you know, and the travelling and stuff like that. But um if you ever have been or have you ever thought about coming to Ireland? Because if you do, I'll bring it and you
2: can sign it. I would love to come to Ireland. Uh the problem but I'm you don't want to is sign the book, no. <laughs> I, no, I would I, I did I did actually have a, a trip planned to Ireland in May, but it got cancelled unfortunately. So, uh, but there might be an opportunity to come out. It's everything's getting a bit tight, like flights mm-hmm. and, and everything. But um, yeah, not to. The problem I have is just so many different areas to, to visit. You know, mm. just endless amounts of, of places to go and visit, and the world is so much smaller now. It's so much easier to get around.
1: Absolutely. Well, look, yeah. if,
2: if yeah. all
1: the stars do align and it is something that you can do, we'd love to welcome you to Ireland and we'd make sure that you get a, a Cade Mila which is the 100,000 welcomes that Ireland is favorite, famous for. And, you know, you'd see a lot of forests and you'd see a lot of mossy forests and a lot of backlit and a lot of waterfalls and moreover, yeah, yeah. a lot of amazing coastline as well And in such a small area like so very similar to as you say in regards to Vancouver Island I mean with Ireland itself we kind of punch above our weight in regards to the opportunities for, 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 for photography and it's not that hard to get to a lot of the areas as well so we'd love to welcome mm. you if you ever were able to come to Ireland yeah
2: thanks I know, uh, I know I know Nick was out he really loved it didn't he out to Ireland yeah
0: he did he came to the Cliffs of Moher yeah. and if you do come you get to pick up your Wingman Award oh, right. just putting it out there so they
2: oh get yeah. a trophy or something? Or yeah, yeah, you get your Irish photography yeah.
0: podcast Wingman Year of the War 2019 so you can actually pick it up and you can we can have a, a, a national newspaper take photographs and we can have you front page and everything like, you know, so True story, yeah, we'll make it happen Yeah <laughs> I'm definitely
2: coming then. There
0: you, go. there you go, I told you Darren, I told you I get him
2: on Yeah. So, so I can yeah. shove it in Gavin's
0: face <laughs> <laughs> Exactly,
1: yeah, you can definitely not take this one, yeah
0: so Adam, uh I'd love to stay in channel and we'd love to keep you on for even longer. But look, all good all things do come to an end. But can you tell us uh where can people find out more about you and your work?
2: Uh well obviously on YouTube. I have my YouTube channel. Um and it's I think it's Adam Gibbs I think. <laughs> I think my name is I'm on the YouTube,
1: I think. I'm on the Tube of You, I think, yeah.
2: And then I have uh, a couple of websites. My old website, which hasn't been upgraded for or updated for about three, four years, uh, is adamgibbs.com. But there's a lot of images on there, so if you want to see lots of photographs, just uh, cool. my older work, then that's the place to go. And then my newer website, uh, where I offer workshops and you'll see some of my images, is uh, uh, adamgibbsphoto.com or quietlightadventures. Quietlightphotoadventures.com. Cool, cool,
0: cool. And and it's not sponsored by Squarespace, of course, no?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a Squarespace site for sure. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had to to have a Squarespace site. Did you get a a discount
0: from Thomas Heaton? No, 10% discount from Tom, no? I did, actually. Uh, There you go. Yeah, I did. Forward slash
2: Heaton. Yeah, and then they got in touch with me and I did a couple
0: of ads for them. Uh, But they haven't got
2: back to me since then, so I don't know.
0: Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant.
1: So Adam, I've really, really enjoyed the conversation with you. I hope you've enjoyed having a chat with us as well, but it's been really good, you know, learning more about you and, you know, the legend that is and will become Adam Gibbs in many different formats, I suppose, you know, from not only from a photography point of view, but now moving into your new foire of comedic timing in video in YouTube and this new, you know, (laughs) lifestyle that you're going to create and the different ideas so you know i really enjoyed like i said thank you very very much for coming on and um you know we look forward to catching up with you when you pop over to ireland in uh, the summer time yeah.
2: yes
0: you know, thank you uh, very much i, know, I uh, really appreciate it uh taking an interest in me and my work and watching my
1: stuff thanks very much oh no well thank you very much adam really appreciate it Hey-o. The fall,
0: adam. The fall. hey guys If you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week, and remember, keep shooting.